0: This is Optimal Relationships Daily, episode 1281. According to science, alone time is really good for you. By Andre Solo of IntrovertDeer.com Hello, everybody, and happy Sunday. This is ORD, the show that's all about helping you improve your relationships, and I am your host and narrator, Greg Audino, here with you each and every weekday and weekend, including holidays. Now, today I'm going to share a post from Andre Solo, who is the founder of Introvert Deer, which is widely recognized as the largest base of content centered around the introvert experience specifically, and we do love to share from them. In this article, Andre is going to talk about the benefits of alone time and how we can make the most of it, and then I will have some commentary of my own at the end. So let's hear what he has to say and start optimizing your life. According to science, alone time is really good for you. By Andre Solo of IntrovertDeer.com We hear it all the time. Introverts get their energy from being alone. Extroverts get it from being with people. But it turns out alone time does more than just help you recharge. It actually makes you better at certain things. And that's just as true for extroverts as it is for us introverts. That's the moral of an impressive body of research on alone time. The research suggests that simply being around another person sucks up a certain amount of the brain's attention, making some tasks harder. And alone time helps you out in at least three ways. You form more accurate memories when you're alone, and those memories last longer. I assume this means you learn better, as any introvert who suffered through a study group could tell you. If you have regular alone time, you develop more empathy, especially for people outside your social group. This is probably because you spend more time on inner reflection, so solitude makes you more connected to others. And alone time is a key ingredient for metacognition, one of the most powerful abilities the human brain has. When people are good at metacognition, we call them things like visionary, innovator, and genius. And that's not even counting the special benefits alone time has for teenagers things like improved mood, less self consciousness, and a stronger sense of identity other people steal your brain power. Why does alone time do so much? One of the researchers, Bethany Borum, sums it up nicely. Quote, we're multitasking when we're with other people in a way that we're not when we just have an experience by ourselves. End quote. I love this comparison because actual multitasking is bad for you, or rather it's bad for whatever you're working on. Your brain literally cannot focus on two tasks at once, so it has to hop back and forth. That makes you worse at both activities, plus pretty much everything else. This is true even if you feel like you're a great multitasker, by the way. According to Borum, other people automatically occupy part of your attention. That's why it's harder to do a job with someone looking over your shoulder. You have less brain power to spend on it. Even extroverts who may not get as self conscious still have to divide their attention to be around other people. So, you don't really function better alone. Rather, you function normally when alone and worse when around others, at least if you're doing anything besides chatting. This gives introverts a huge advantage. Everyone suffers from this brain drain effect, but introverts are keenly aware of it. We know we work better alone. Extroverts take so much emotional satisfaction from being around others that they don't always feel the drain or notice that their work suffers. They'll tell you they work better in a group, and they honestly mean it. But for many tasks, they're wrong. The Metacognition Switch The most powerful benefit of solitude, for my money, is metacognition. This is your brain's ability to step back and examine its own thoughts. It's linked to creativity, self-reflection, and critical thinking. And the research suggests it's easiest alone. This hits close to home, because introverts can develop metacognition to a high degree. According to personality type theory, there are 16 personality types, each favoring a different mental process. Only two of the 16 lead with metacognition, and both are introverts. Technically, they lead with a process called introverted intuition, sometimes nicknamed perspectives. It's the ability to step back, change perspectives, and see hidden connections between ideas. I'd say that's metacognition by a different name. I am an INTJ personality type. One of those two types, the other is INFJ. Everyone can use perspectives, but for us, it's the first tool in our toolkit. That makes us kind of weird. For example, I find ideas more interesting than people, and I get so lost in thought that I could easily walk off a cliff. But that weirdness is worth it, because perspectives let me build vast plans and visions in my head and then move my life toward them the way others follow GPS. It's something I can't turn off, but most of the time, I don't really want to. Here's the rub. One distraction, and the whole thing will crash. Just as the research suggests, to do metacognition, I need to be left alone. Using perspectives is like building a mental spider web, and each interruption is a puppy running through the web. The spider cannot just pick up where it left off it has to start all over. So INTJs and INFJs demand huge amounts of alone time, especially while we work. The solitude gives us the mental space to do our metacognition, to build our inner webs. I believe INFJs have it even tougher because they constantly think about the feelings of those around them. Alone time gives them a better buffer against the feels. But I think this research offers a little hope. For one thing, it says we're normal. We're not weirdos programmed to reject humanity. We're just specialists in a mental process that everyone, no matter what their personality type, does better alone. For another thing, it suggests that people can improve their ability to do perspectives slash metacognition. Taking alone time to reflect on your thoughts is a startlingly simple way to build up such a powerful ability. The benefit? Better self-knowledge, more empathy, and more big ideas. You just listened to the post titled, According to Science, Alone Time is Really Good for You, by Andre Solo of IntrovertDeer.com. And I loved this post from Andre today. Thanks a lot to him for sharing and offering insight on something we probably haven't thought much about. I do think there's one caveat, though, and that is that while we may have more or normal amounts of cognitive potential when we're alone, it's rendered almost useless if we don't choose to activate it. So, when we're alone, we still have to make the effort to create an environment that's free of distractions that are not people. We still have to make the effort to question our thoughts and develop new perspectives, and so on. Having alone time is a great gift, but when it's not utilized the right way, it really goes to waste. And it's all too easy to not utilize it the right way because many of us can be unfamiliar with having it or tempted to mute it in some ways when we do. We might find ourselves needing the TV or music on in the background, simply to stir some energy around and give ourselves other things to latch onto. I'm definitely guilty of this myself. And while it seems harmless, I do have a hard time thinking that it's not, at least to some degree, a form of avoidance. So just stay aware of all the factors that could really keep you from extracting the most out of your alone time, and do what you can to limit them. That's going to do it for today though, everyone. Thank you so much for coming and spending some of your weekend here. Enjoy the rest of it and be sure to stop in again tomorrow where we will start the week off with another relationship building post and where your optimal life awaits.